0: Welcome to Simply Soccer. I'm Michelle Huting, your host, and Christian Conway, my co-host.
1: I may not have coronavirus, but by God, I have seasonal allergies.
0: Yeah, well, we're all all dealing in our own ways with different things, right? (laughs) But I'm so glad that uh, those listeners are here to join us. Uh, Thank you so much. I know we've been kind of off air for a bit, but hey, we've actually got things to talk about now. Thank God. (laughs) I know, right? Well, Starting off with, there's still soccer in the world. And dare I say it came back? (laughs) Um, Though Belarus never stopped playing, apparently. Um, You were telling me something about that, Christian.
1: Yeah. The Belarusian Belarusian general is a, a fascinatingly interesting place. Um, but yeah, the Be- Belarusian Premier League only switched to behind closed door games, I believe, three weeks ago. So they were playing through even uh, even during the kind of the height of of, of the uh, of the pandemic. The uh, the Prime Minister of Belarus, who's been Prime Minister for I think sixteen years now, um, if it gives you any indication of how democratic uh, in air quotes the country is, um, said we will defeat the coronavirus with uh, saunas and vodka. Um, so I mean, <laughs> great management style, <laughs> if anything, but, you know, it's interesting. Um, as we, I think the big trepidation I had watching, especially the Bundesliga this past weekend was, was intensity, you know, obviously the, the curtain raiser for the weekend was, was the reward Derby between Schalke and Dortmund and, you know, a lot of what makes rivalry so intense is, is atmosphere, stadium atmosphere, you know? I wouldn't imagine you know El Tráfico being as intense as it would be if it was played behind closed doors, but you know outside of the first fifteen minutes, which I think players were kind of using just to get used to the the like what the ambiance of the game was going to be, it actually was a very intense game, even though the the scoreline was was pretty one sided. Um, so I think I think we're all going to have that a little bit of that learning curve, but I think you know at the end of the day, these these are these guys are athletes and they want to get out and play, and you know you you definitely can see that you know after those first kind of trepidatious minutes, they were just happy to be out there and, and playing in a competitive game.
0: Yeah, I, I definitely got up at 6am to watch Bundesliga. I have not gotten up in the middle of the night to watch the Korean League, though. Um, though I'd like to. It, it's it's actually available on YouTube, guys, if you're not um, able to sleep in the middle of the night. and want to check that out. <laughs> yeah. um, the games actually are available for replay as well. Um, yeah, with, with Bundesliga, I really just watched Dortmund just because... First, I, I was curious to see how it was going to be played. The other thing about it was interesting when there were no fans and you could hear the players talking with each other.
1: Yeah, I'm. I, I and actually
0: interacting.
1: That's a really good thing that you know it give, it does give you a, a greater sense of how the game flows on the field. I've always you know I've always kind of clamored for like a, a a way that we can mic a, a, a game both you know uh, both in soccer and and as a hockey fan where you can just hear the players talking and how the communication on the field goes on. And I think that's, that's, it's a really good insight. You know, I, I I think a lot of people are are taking the lack of fans negatively saying like, Oh, it doesn't have the atmosphere. It's like, but this gives you a chance to look at the game from a completely different direction. I think that's refreshing as a sports fan.
0: Yeah. And to be honest with you, I'm, we're just lucky, dare I say, to even have games going on. I, I say this because, you know, it, it is still cumbersome because you you know it takes one person to get sick and then you're just like great this whole thing might shut down. In fact, it had delayed uh, Bundesliga initially because someone did test positive for COVID nineteen. But um, but hey, you know they're they're out there like you said they they want to be playing. Um, I know that here at home, MLS is obviously struggling financially. You know the All Star Game was canceled, League's Cup, Campeones, to no one's surprise. I don't think. Um yeah. I mean, technically, they're postponed till next year.
1: But, you know, it, there was no way between, especially the coordination between... You know, MLS All-Star now is a big thing considering that it's against League MX as well. So, like, that kind of... It coordinating over two leagues, just both both countries in completely different places, you know, in terms of government response to the pandemic, you know, the pandemic in general and stuff like that, it just it, the logistics of it would have been so ridiculously difficult to pull off and and, i mean it's a a ridiculously difficult event to pull off just in a normal year but add in all of this like it was i'm surprised it took them this long to do this actually um but you know i I think it was it was an inevitable uh outcome of of this whole entire situation
0: yeah um they have talked about moving mls to orlando now that said l.a wants to open by july 4th of course there wouldn't be any fans in attendance yet for for sports games um what do you think about that
1: um i get it so i'm kind of two minds about this because i've, I've listened to a lot of players a lot of players have been very vocal about this and you know for a lot of players who i think are on on league minimum contracts or who aren't guaranteed money i think they want to play because they want you know they want to get their money which is completely understandable and completely mm-hmm. reasonable but then You've got guys like Alejandro Bedoya coming out and saying, look, it would just be it would be like a glorified prison if we all went to Orlando. Like, so it, I can understand both positions. I understand the fact that a lot of a lot of league minimum contracts is basically economic insecurity and that, you know, these are people that hope to make a living playing soccer. And, and, you know, we see it every year. There's always one or two college rookies that drop out of the league a year in just because they know they can't, you know, financially sustain themselves on league minimum contracts, which is a whole entire conversation uh, outside of this, but and, and then I understand Alejandro who he, is saying it would be like a, a glorious prison because, you know, you're away from your family, you're away from your kids or you're away from, you know, your communities in a time that uh, of, of intense crisis kind of trying to, you know, as it, almost like Nero playing the fiddle. It, well, no, that's actually not that great of a, 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 an al- analogy, but, you know, like you, you're basically Playing there, you like the the band on the on the Titanic. You know you're playing the last song while everything goes to hell around you. You know so mm. I get I get both perspectives. Um, I also think there's there is there is an element of TV money in here because we don't know exactly how the TV contract for MLS has been fleshed out. But you have to assume that they probably pay you know in increments. So you know if there's nothing to broadcast, MLS isn't going to get paid. So might as well you know if you're MLS, you need in in time when money is tight you're you're going to want to push for something to be televised so you have access to that cash.
0: Correct. And you know, a lot of people were saying about our entertainment is not more important than health and I agree. So obviously just like the individual trainings the LA Galaxy were actually didn't even start on time because they needed to meet the guidelines. And so now that you know it it is nice to see them back out there. Because, like you said, like they they want to be out there. They want to be training, and so you know, just to get some B roll, <laughs> LA Galaxy footage of uh, Pavon and um, Chicharito, uh, Legit, just you know, running back and forth and and doing their trainings out there. It's it feels like we're at least moving towards something again. Whether that's moving it to Orlando, I I I, I don't want that. Because first of all, I do think that Florida is a is a hot spot. Um, at least I feel like California and Los Angeles have been able to manage things as best they can here. Um, so I just wonder though, because LAFC has their own training center on the, at their at their stadium. Is that is that? Do you think why the guy the Galaxy had a little trouble with the guidelines meeting um. them?
1: Their faci- well, LaFC's facility is considerably smaller than the Galaxy's facility. Keep in mind, the LA Galaxy facility also encompasses, you know, like something like 18 fields, and encompasses a tennis facility, mm-hmm. it encompasses, you know, and it's on a college campus. So I think it was just a, a question of, you know, LaFC. It's it's one. It's it, it. You know, not to say that LaFC's training academy is is or training location is like insufficient by any means. It's uh, it, it's a relatively actually a uh, relatively nice facility. I think they just. They had a lot less hoops to jump through just based off, you know, just sheer scope of, of what they had to deal with versus what the Galaxy had to deal with. And, I, I mean, again, we're taking everything on a case-by-case definition mm-hmm. Like, it's no, – no two cases are the same. It's not like, you know, we can rubber stamp one and then rubber stamp the other. I mean, every club had to demonstrate best practice. And the Galaxy have always struck me, especially as a, uh, as a cautious organization. They haven't – they're not really an organization that tries to push for things, like, without having a well – you know, well thought out plan, um, mm-hmm. especially in, uh, like when it comes to infrastructure and this kind of stuff. So, you know, the, the thing is they could have been taking an extra day or two just to, to complete a plan rather than, and, and, and ensure that, you know, it was kind of airtight so that they got it right on the first go rather than, you know, just mm-hmm. saying, all right, mm-hmm. let's do it. And then hope that, you know, we pl- we planned well enough. And so I, I wouldn't read too much into, you know, LFC returning to training two days before the galaxy did. I I, I don't think it's really a a big deal. Yeah. And it's individual training. It's not like they were able to get like two days worth of strategy on the galaxy before the galaxy did, you know, it's like,
0: right, right, right. No, definitely. Um, especially with, you know, what would have been El Trafico week passing, <laughs> coming and going there, there was a kind of simulation where, I don't know if you heard about that, where uh, LAFC was calling it and they were um, doing, doing, like commentary, they completely made up, but the game ended up in a draw. Did you hear about that at all?
1: Uh, I heard about the, um, I heard about the, the simulation. Um, I believe Nick DePoy scored for the Galaxy. It was was that what I heard?
0: Um, <laughs> and a chicharito, I believe.
1: <laughs> yeah. No. Look. I mean, okay. That's that's cool, guys. I guess. I mean, I. It, it, I just don't understand how you can simulate a, a game where, you know, both teams had two games worth of data to even draw upon. And I right. just, I guess fan engagement's important, but, like, it just felt really, meh. You know, like, okay. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I no, no, I, I agree. I, I'd rather sit there and play FIFA. Speaking of. Oh, like, yeah. So shout out to Cosmo SC. Who. Yeah,
1: and, 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 and <laughs> Every the... Wednesday. What's the it's the Liga G ninety six or whatever now. Like it's actually kind of expanding to be a bunch of uh, Galaxy fan teams, um, and they're they're starting their league. I believe it's the Liga G ninety six. I'd have to look it up. Um, but congratulations! I mean, this is this is what we've been saying kind of as a as a common thread through this entire thing, which is that you know our community as fans has really stepped up in the past, you know, two months to really you know create really fantastic things. And it, it, I mean, that's really cool to see. I mean, you also look at, you know, um, crafty nurse who did the, uh, who did the face masks. You look mm-hmm. at all the stuff that, you know, uh, all the people that were out, um, hanging up banners and signs for first responders and frontline workers. Um, I mean, just it's, it's cool. And it's, it's really unique. Um, and I think we as a fan base have definitely stepped up and, and, and we as a fan base, I think have gotten closer despite not having the stadium and not having, you know, viewing parties and whatever as like a constant, yeah, constant thread. You know what I mean?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I I was going to say, Um. yes, just that the, not just the Twitter community, but just the community of, of, like you said, as a fan base coming together. And I know that there are some people that were left off of, um, the league and, and things like that uh, for Cosmo FC, but, but it is, it's fun. It's, it's nice to see that, you know, there is this community coming together and, and doing their best to not only spend their time, but, but also bring us entertainment as well. Like, you know, they're totally involved with, with sharing the game. So I think that that's really fun.
1: Yeah. It's, it, it's, it's absolutely fantastic. And I'm, i I'm, I I thank them for providing some joy on my Wednesday evenings.
0: Right. Yeah, so you guys don't forget to tune in on Wednesday evenings um, to Cosmo SE. Of course, Twitter is the place to find the information. Um, So, let's see. Unfortunately, we have news that the U.S. development camps and LA Galaxy Girls Academy were closed.
1: Yeah, so the development academy the the ussda this was a long time coming i think and and so on the men's side or the boys side it was started in 2007 the women's side didn't start until 2017 but you know ever since day one there's been problems with developmental academies like just in terms of you know different levels of professionalism different levels of intensity different levels of expectations um you know there have been open questions about you know for example like it, it a lot of people said it felt like the da was built around showcasing players instead of actually developing players and you know uh some clubs really did benefit and some clubs didn't and it was it, there was so much disparity and confusion and conflict on the boy side and it, it and when the women's or when the women's DA started, I mean, a lot of the top NWSL coaches came out against it and said that they didn't think it was it was well done. Um, and so, you know, I think I don't think coronavirus is the cause, but I think coronavirus was a convenient excuse to shut this down and 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 hand control over to MLS and 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 let them kind of figure it out. And I think this goes to a further point that I've been I've I kind of hypothesized a couple months back when uh, Carlos Cordero resigned, which is that. I think U.S. soccer as a federation is moving out of the business or is is moving away from the business of developing, of creating, of adjudicating on the soccer side and more running the federation as a business. That's what they're more interested in at this point, which, you know, when you have a federation that's run by a bunch of businessmen, this isn't surprising. You know, they, they definitely realize they're not they're not particularly good at developing talent now there's a lot of mitigating factors in that sense. I mean, we're talking about a country the size, you know, no other country when it comes to developing talent has the the size problem that we have. I mean, if you look at, you know, a lot of people who say, oh, well, why don't we just do it like Europe does? I mean, most countries in Europe are smaller than Texas. Like, <laughs> they're not covering the ground that they need to cover. And, you know, I think, so, I think moving into more regional models is going to be very helpful. I also think it, in the DA system, you weren't allowed to play high school soccer. Like you didn't, you didn't have, you know, it, it, there wasn't really a competitive fire. in a lot of these, these, these people that came, or these players that came through the DA, because they just they weren't playing high school soccer. They weren't, they they didn't have to really compete. It was, it was basically a bunch of practice matches. And and I think you know you can malign the high school level all you want, but it also does teach you to to fight for something. You know, to fight for pride in your school or fight for your teammates. You know, and and I think that mentality is going to to really help um, the, the U.S. I mean, also there's, there is another youth development uh, system in this country, the ECNL, um, which was taking a lot of clubs away from the USDA. So I think I, I, I wouldn't read too far into the LA galaxy sh- or the LA galaxy showing down the women's Academy as, Oh, you know, they're, they just have no interest in, 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 you know, women's soccer. It's more, I think it's more just the fact that the DA was kind of dead on arrival when it was formed in 2007 and, and it, it was kind of throwing darts at the wall to figure out how it could save itself. I mean, they were, they were projected to lose $8 million in this year. Like it was not, it was not a viable, you know, program from the start. So I think this it. I, I understand the frustration. I understand people looking at, you know, the LA Galaxy shutting down the Women's Academy and saying, oh, you know, it's clear they don't care about women's soccer development, but I this isn't necessarily an LA Galaxy problem. This is a U.S. soccer problem that hopefully you know now that MLS has control of it and now that MLS has some level of it they can they can really actually untangle all these problems that exist just from regardless of gender from a youth development standpoint and create something that actually you know is viable for creating a strong talent development identification development in this country. I mean, the USDA we missed out on three or like two consecutive U twenty three World Cups. Like, if for a country that apparently was, you know, creating one of the most advanced development systems in the world, you, you can't do that. It's just, it's not acceptable. So, you know, it, it's, it's difficult, and it, and it's, and it's, it's rough. Especially, you know, I, I, I think we are all in agreement that developing talent is far from easy. Um, but you know, I think this is, I think this is, as we move forward, I think we're actually heading into a more positive direction than necessarily a negative direction.
0: Well, I appreciate your optimistic point of view because when I was reading about it, um, I wasn't as harsh about it as, you know, some of the the key points that were brought up um, in that the way that the LA Galaxy girls were told about it in such short notice and then they literally had a sc- scramble when there's like 80 girls and then there's not very many camps going on. And then on top of that, you know, U.S. soccer in this country – is still under development. You saw that about, and we keep going back to the way the U.S. didn't qualify for the World Cup and missed out in 2018. So, you know, to hear that, but then also to know that they have, they have, like, youth camps, like you were saying, like 90, 95 domestic youth soccer clubs, uh, you know, 8,000 players join Major League Soccer's elite player development platform. So it's just unfortunate that, yeah, girls soccer is still put on the back burner and you know some people would say oh well it was just the timing of like you said COVID-19 but I don't think so I think that this was something that they had like you said with them financially they had to make this decision now that said um it it is especially disappointing because LA Galaxy are still top of the league they're the the representatives of MLS and and when you see them closing this, you just kind of feel like, okay, we've just taken two steps back in in youth development, period, regardless of gender. And, you know, the, the other shame of it was that actually I was going to interview Kevin Hartman about the LA Galaxy Girls Academy and, and do a wonderful article on that. And then this fell through. So, you know, obviously he's still with the the operations for, for LA Galaxy, but that's like, you know, I was really looking forward to to that. Um,
1: well, well, also, MLS has, MLS has come out and said they are evaluating the potential to provide future competition opportunities for girls. I honestly think, you know, this, I almost would think MLS is gonna pass the ball to NWSL on this one and basically say, you know, we'll cover the, the, the boys' side of development, you guys cover the girls' side of development, which I think would make complete and total sense. And, you know, I think that that makes a little bit more sense than just having U.S. Soccer mandate what MLS academies can and can't do. I think I think the development academy was faulted from day one because it was it basically assumed a one size fits all mentality for every mm. academy, and that's there's so many academies in this country. You can't have a one size fit all and have it work for every single club. You know what I mean?
0: Mm-hmm. Absolutely, I agree with that. You know, it just makes me think too of my own cousins because because. I've got two of them that both play soccer. One's a Messi fan. One's a Cristiano Ronaldo fan. Yeah. And and um, I asked my cousin, why don't you have them play for, you know, LA Galaxy Academy, especially um, my female cousin. She's phenomenal. And, and my cousin just laughed. And I'm like, I don't know what that means. Like, I don't know if it's just financially, you know, to like even when Zlatan was here saying about how expensive it is to have your kids play um, regardless. So it, it is in that as disappointing as it is, it, it is going to be, I'm trying to look, as think of the right adjective. I don't know. Interesting, exciting to see where we go from here to see the development, um, to see how things change. I think change is the only constant. And that's, that's especially what I'm learning right now. Um, As you know, we have stay at home orders. It's like, yeah, change is the only constant. So while things look like they're falling apart, maybe this is for the best.
1: Well, also, you know, I think I, I I think we're going to have a girls Academy again sooner rather than later. I think this was just, you know, let's reset the development in this country. And so I, I think, you know, we're definitely going to have a, a, a it's going to look different, but I honestly think we, we will have a, a girls Academy again at some point in the, in the future. That's under a different structure. That's under a little bit more thought out and well, well researched and well considered structure that I think is, is, what really plagued the DA from from minute one like I mean to that you know we I mean the DA was done as I said earlier the DA was done on arrival come 2007 like when it was founded it was already a problem like mm. so the, this this was going to be the novel response regardless of if they had started a girls academy side or not like the, the, it, it's a miracle the DA lasted this long
0: <laughs> yeah I I can see that and just and now i'm just thinking about like the galaxy community in general and how how there there are other ways um, that kids have been playing soccer here
1: <laughs> well yeah that's so, and that's why like that's why like the da was was kind of a, was i under i understand the idea of the da i think also when you take into account just in the la area for example the diversity of clubs that mm-hmm. you know different kids go through not all of those can meet meet the same standards, right? Like, the Galaxy have the financial ability, they have a a pipeline of talent. There's a defined end to the Galaxy pipeline of talent, which is either, you know, Los Dos or the LA Galaxy first team. Like, not every club has that. And so that's why I think, like, that was the fatal flaw in the DA, which was that they thought everyone operated in the same way that MLS academies do operate in, and they don't.
0: (laughs) Yeah, what, I mean, it was totally separate, but the Orange County had uh, LA Galaxy girls
1: yeah and I, that was definitely under the purview of probably the, the da sponsored girls academy so mm. you know but and i think this can only help the galaxy too in terms of you know now it's in mls's hands in terms of or in terms of youth academy development and that i mean the galaxy have one of the best academies in in mls right now uh even though you know we don't really see it Come through all the time. I think that's definitely a valid conversation. Um, but mm-hmm. you know, but then again, you also look at teams like FC Dallas and the New York Red Bulls who have really benefited from their academies. You know, so you know, MLS teams are, are still using. You know, I think MLS taking over, kind of quote unquote, taking over control of of youth development in this country at a certain level is going to be beneficial for the league, and, and I think it's going to be beneficial for the U.S. men's national team. And and the other thing about it is, you know, there. Yes, MLS wields extraordinary power in terms of youth development. Now they they get to pick and choose which clubs kind of in, interacts with MLS academies now, but also not everything. It it, it goes back to this like there's so many other options for clubs that don't get invited into this you know this juggernaut MLS thing. That you know there th- there will be a fit for them. There's like the EC uh, as I said the ECNL and all this other stuff. So I I, I I think this is a positive that the DA is is being shuttered. I think and you know. I think there's a lot of opportunity for improvement that we finally can sit down and look at the big picture of youth development in this country and say, all right, what do we do? We know what we've done wrong. How do we fix it?
0: Yeah, and you're always going to have naysayers, naysayers and, and pessimists. So, you know, I just say we're here for it. We're living history. We get to, to watch a part of it. and And honestly... You know, anyone who's listening and any fans, you know, you, you got to go to the games when they when they do have them. I really don't know how many people are actually attending LA Galaxy Girl games. So.
1: Um, yeah. But I, I think, you know, I I would I would say, you know, I would I think we're going to have another Girls Academy. I think it's just it's going to be in a different a different form and a different mm-hmm. you know, kind of purview and a different, you know, it's, it's not going to be. It's, it's going to be very
0: different. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, and then just to say also um, back to the little bit of the community, what LA Galaxy is giving back, uh, you can still sign up for the blood drive um, at Dignity Health Sports Park that they're going to be having. Um, you can still donate to the uh, LA Food Bank also. Um, I know Bingham, I saw him being involved in even with uh, feeding the the. I'm blinking out now. Um, like the first responders, and so, um, also Luca knows heart. Also, they just came out with a design that to honor LA Galaxy fans. So nice. you guys should check that out. It's a uh, yeah, blue and gold, and then it's got on the on the spine of it too of the shirt. So there's um. there's. There's ways that you guys can show support right now.
1: Also, uh, if you live in the 818, um, the ACB and the Galaxians are going to be doing, uh, going to be collecting canned food. Um, it's curbside drop off. You know, obviously face mask, social distancing, all this stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, on Saturday from two to five at Numero Uno Market on Laurel Canyon Boulevard and Spring Brock on Victory Boulevard, and then on Sunday at the Balboa Market on Balboa Boulevard in Venice. So. Um, Details are on the Instagram pages and the Twitter accounts. So if you live in that area or want to take a Sunday drive and do something good, um, please help out.
0: Yeah, definitely. Thank you. And um, let's see. Well, that's pretty much all that we had on the agenda. I mean, I was saying if we should address the complaints from teammates still about Zlatan Ibrahimovic as a teammate
1: well I, lo- I love how he clapped back and and cited the the last dance documentary where he said, oh now you know what it's like to play with a winner and if you if you watch the documentary, literally everyone talks about how they hated playing with Michael Jordan <laughs> like
0: right it, it, it was a mentality it wasn't it wasn't yeah. just a playing style you know
1: <laughs> and the thing is like I, I've been thinking about that the comments and how they keep coming out mainly because people just keep asking and it's it's good content mm-hmm. but, you know you I think everyone's had that one coworker that like in the office, you absolutely hate them. They're a horrible person when they're like, when they're on the clock and you just want to, you know, they drive you crazy, but that doesn't mean they're necessarily a bad person. You know, like, I, like I'm sure Zlatan was a fantastically nice person off the clock, but you know, he he's always been this way mentally at of clubs. And like,
0: yeah,
1: I'm sure if you ask people at Barcelona and if you ask people at, you know, Inter and AC Milan, you'd kind of get the same story. I mean, a lot of his old Ajax teammates were have to talk shit about him. Like, this isn't new so like I don't understand why people are always like oh you know they're being so disrespectful I was like look throughout Zlatan's career a lot of players have said the same things that these guys were saying
0: yeah yeah that's what I that's what I found interesting but like you said it does keep coming up because people people keep asking and, and it does keep coming up because yeah the documentaries like The Last Dance and um but I I find it to be uh fine <laughs> <Got it. laughs> at the end of the day you know um of course, when somebody like that is no longer working with you, of course it's a it's a better environment. But then you know, honestly, before this whole shutdown, we couldn't really see the galaxy's potential. If you ask me, we sucked, man. Like, <laughs>
1: yeah, we, we had a, we had a we had a rough first two games. I think. Yeah,
0: yeah, just because we we drew in Houston, and you know, to lose at home like that, it's on the first you know home game back i mean nobody wants to feel like that and and so it's hard to say even with simulations and all this talk and statistics and and things right now um you know it's hard to say where where we'd be on the table right now and this is that summer window but that said uh, thank you to biggish01's response on instagram if there's no season do you think the schedule will be the same or does galaxy play you know how do we play
1: Oh yeah. So this this is an interesting question. If if they're just going to roll because because yeah, now it's the now it's yeah
0: the, yeah
1: now it's the unbalanced schedule where you don't play three teams uh, outside of your conference. Um, I would I would assume they're just going to roll the schedule over to next year and basically treat it like this year next season. But you know, I, there's going to be a there's going to be a lot of there's going to be a lot of financial consideration because you know that's three home you know that's you know for like those teams that you don't play you know there's that's home games missed against certain teams that you know might be sellouts or you know you know for example whenever the galaxy rock into town usually it's a sellout you know and so like a team like let's say you know we rotate out we don't play i don't know columbus next year like columbus is going to feel hard done because you know they could have gotten the money from a sold out stadium Mm -hmm. this year you know so it's going to be that's going to be an interesting logistic to look forward at. I don't know if necessarily that's in the back of, of the schedule makers' minds right now. I think they're just trying to figure out how to get anything going right now. But um, yeah, I think that, that's that's definitely going to be something very interesting to look forward to in terms of how now that they've done this this unbalanced schedule, how how they're going to rebalance the unbalanced, so to speak.
0: Yeah, i I'm here for the the games without fans so hopefully we can get something by 4th of july um that'll be a nice way to kind of come back full circle for me especially since that was like my first game in 2005 when i first started following Ellie galaxy um i mean they're not exactly giving promises or anything you know um we're all taking it i say week to week some people say day to day um to see when when we can get sports back here um I know we're soccer, but I, I believe baseball is planning on coming back and the NFL as well.
1: Um, baseball is, is planning at least half the season. Um, I know the NFL has announced their schedule. I I can't imagine they're going to play it with any kind of fans in front. Um,
0: no, no. In front of but, fans,
1: excuse me. Um, and then I know the NHL has proposed a playoff, uh, an expanded playoff format and – just ending the regular season, going straight to playoffs with an expanded playoff format. Um, I know the NHLPA is still negotiating with them, uh, and I believe the NBA is 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 pretty close to coming to some form of resolution. But so it's it's kind of nice to to see things that are you know, it it it's nice to see like now kind of it feels like the initial wall of the storm is passed. and now things are slowly starting to to come together.
0: Yes, yeah, sports uh, sports are adapting, so we'll we'll have to to wait and see and we'll bring you guys the latest
1: <laughs> of course
0: yeah I think we've said all that we can say
1: <laughs> I think yeah, for, for what we've got right now I believe so
0: yeah so thank you guys for tuning in and we hope to be able to come back at you next week of course all right stay tuned